Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Howler Back Now with me, Holland Roden, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Howler Back Now. I'm Holland Roden, and this is Season 1, Episode 10, called Co-Captain. And this is when Scott finds himself scrambling to protect the people he loves, including Allison, who begins to follow clues about her family history. And Styles begins to close in on the mystery behind Derek's family. And this aired on August 1st, 2011. The writer was Jeff Vlaming. And today our guest is the director, pretty much second to the throne of the Teen Wolf president <laughs> uh, king position. So if it's not Jeff Davis, it is Russell McKay. Hi, honey. How are you? Good, good. Good. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem. I appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. I watched the episode the other night. Did you? So so you and Tim, naturally so, are the the prepared ones. (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. What episode are you talking to Tim about? So we did Tim for nine and you for ten. And so he was Wolfsbane and then your co-captain. That's right. Yes. You know, you're basically second in command to Jeff Davis. Right. And I was like, if you know, there's Mr. Team Wolf himself. If it's not Jeff Davis, it's Russell Mulcahy. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. we're just I can't thank you enough for doing this. No it's problem. Been, it's been a blessing. Um, Now, I know that you've obviously been a part of Team Wolf since the beginning. How did you get involved initially? I don't even know if I know this. I, you know what? I. I heard about it. My agent told me about it, and I was very excited. And um, I was actually um, about to do another Hallmark movie, and and which is really not not, not my style. But I was I was doing a few of them, and um, I got. And luckily, they got they, the production got delayed a couple of weeks. Oh, so I heard about Team Wolf, and I just jumped in. I, I quickly I read the script of the pilot, and I did these sort of crazy storyboards. Um, about like 15 pages of drawings and I put them in folders and I went to the booking and I just handed out the folders and uh, we had this just fantastic meeting. I think I got it there on the spot. Um, and um, wow, wait, they gave it to wait, Jeff's like it's yours on the spot, pretty much, pretty well. Yeah, it was, um, it was such a really good meeting. The the boards looked great. I mean, I was so into it and um, and we just, I, I was uh. Yeah, we sparked off very soon, and uh, it was it was good. Had had Jeff been a fan of like Ricochet or Highlander? I mean, any of any of your stuff? Uh, you know what? We never never talked about that really. I mean, I guess he's Highlander. Wow. I don't know, um, but um, no, we never really talked about that. Um, but um, we we just uh, hit it off as like two two sort of like young crazy guys. Well, not that young, but I mean, very old. <laughs> you are <laughs> young, two young crazy guys. <laughs> I also feel like you guys were such. I mean, maybe this isn't the case for you, but I feel like it was the case for you. Was that you both are such horror fans, mm-hmm. like like Lost Boys, 
and yeah, Hitchcock yeah. and classic movies that horror fantasy thrillers all that yes yeah I feel like you and you and Je- did you and Jeff Bond during that movie well, we, yeah, as we, well? we had we had the same dialogue so we we could talk in uh, many times we talk in shorthand um, mm-hmm. and we we understood each other very well about uh, nuances of images and um, and and pace and and shots and the and the style and the lighting um, it was very um, we were very sort of in tune with each other about that. And uh, I think he really loved my boards and um, oh. sort of the, the, uh, the, the drama of telling the story a lot just visually too. Yeah. You both, you both are, so, I mean, he's obviously a drawer as well. So I think yeah. oh, he probably absolutely. really appreciated you coming in with those physical yes. drawings. Yeah. Yeah. He would help out sometimes. He's a much better figure drawer than I am. He can really draw the action figures really like superb. And uh, um, I'm, I'm more sort of a, uh, uh, an expressionistic, I guess, drawer with some light and shade, whatever. But, uh, you guys yeah, need so. to make your own uh, comic book. <laughs> you and not? Jeff. Yeah. Like a graphic novel or something you guys yeah. need to work, collaborate on together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be lovely. Well, how uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the movie at the end of the episode, but this is episode 10. Obviously, you were the pilot director, and it's quite rare. Um, maybe you would know more about this than me, but it is quite rare to only have two series directors primarily throughout the entire the entirety of the show for six seasons, but having only two primary true, directors. True. Yeah, I mean, in the first season, an episode of this episode came, which was episode 10 of season one, but season one, mm-hmm. um, there was, you know, basically uh, we had three directors. Um it was myself, Tim Andrews, mm-hmm. and um, Toby. Yeah, Toby. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. No, you're good. But there were three directors. I I did, and we we did like three episode blocks. So I would do episodes one, two, three. Uh, Toby would jump in and do uh, three, four, five. Tim, da, 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 and then I'd do ten, eleven, twelve. Um, and but we had one AD, so he did the whole show. Uh, I remember on the steps of the school location. Around about episode eleven, uh, he he was in tears. I mean, he was JD, JD, or JD, JD Taylor, yeah. lovely man. But uh, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And how how you know through seasons two, three, four, five, six, how was prepping, shooting, prepping, shooting? Like how did how long were you thinking about other episodes down the down the line? What was your process like preparing for episodes? Basically, well, when, when we were doing the season one, we were prepping three episodes at once, so it was pretty intense. Um, and luckily, we in those we had some scripts in advance. Um, that that got some we didn't. <laughs> yes, as the seasons went on, these scripts would turn up like the morning of. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Jeff's a perfectionist, not because he wasn't yeah, prepared, yeah, God but bless because him. God he bless just him. really wanted it to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, God bless you. And so, but uh, but uh, there, was, there was a lot of prep. But I mean, I must admit, I mean, in season one we had such a great team. Also, we had uh, Jonathan Hall, the DP, mm-hmm. the cinematographer, a young man, twenty five years old, and uh, and a brilliant. I loved the production designer, um, John Kretschmer. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, one of my favorite things again in episode ten, and we see it throughout season one, um, and a little in season two, um, is Derek's Hale House. The Hale House. It was such a wonderful, creepy. Loved place. that set and when that, you walked up. It's and all, so... and all, all kudos to John, uh, the production designer, and because we we're trying to sort of work how we can even afford to do this, we had no money. Uh, <laughs> this he, he found this location with an old red barn. And he said, I'll just clad the barn. And so it was basically, so there was no big structure he said it had to do. It was basically just put the facade and lit it, basically, or nailed it up to the barn. And we had a house, a haunted house. And you shoot it from one angle. (laughs) Well, you can shoot it from like, yeah, yes, basically one angle. It's the old Hitchcock uh, psycho house. Yeah, 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 that's amazing. Yeah, I... I de- definitely um, Derek's house. I'll never forget when we all got to walk up as a cast and see it. And uh, and every magazine shoot that would come to photograph us for the first season, we're like, let's do it in front of Derek's house. And so uh, I think I think Teen Vogue or, or Nylon magazine at the time. Yeah. And they and they, you know, the, as soon as the photographer saw the, the location. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely. I know. It's one, it's one of my favorite, the favorite moment in uh, episode 10 is when Jackson um uh, is is brought to the house by, mm-hmm. by Derek. 
and then there's the big shootout with the with the hunters and we'll definitely right. get to that now the first episode starts with you fade down from the crowd into the lacrosse scene right. how was this your first time shooting a lacrosse no 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 no, no lacrosse was big i mean i think in episode no uh, no no but in general is this team wolf was the first time you shot lacrosse of course, of course. Yeah, and it's probably yeah. the first time lacrosse has been used in maybe um, uh, in a show, in a way, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, the original Team Wolf movie um, was basketball. Yeah. And um, so Jeff wanted to get away from the basketball thing. And he, I think when he went to school, they played lacrosse. So he always wanted to put lacrosse in. It's sort of a sexy game and uh, and it's a little more violent. and um, A sexy more- game to shoot. <laughs> really hard to shoot, actually. Is um, it really? Yeah, yeah, because it's. I mean, a lot of times you, with with the actors and everything else, and it's just to make it energetic for film. You really mm-hmm. have to bend the rules a little in the game, also. Um, you made it, it look so easy because you made it look so action packed. Yeah, well, it, it was, was really of, quite fun. A lot of me and JD running up wrong past the camera, saying, "Go, go, left, right." Go. And we'd all lose our voice by the end of the night. Because we just, um, yeah, but it was, luckily it was freezing cold. Mm. Uh, we shot in Atlanta in winter, so it was bloody cold. And so the best thing to do was just to run and shout and keep warm. You, no one, no one stood around and thought about things too much. It was just like <laughs> let's just keep going and keep shooting. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Smartless is one of my favorite podcasts with Sean Hayes and um, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. And they say for the layman terms of like people that are not in the entertainment business, we'll have certain terms that we'll use like block, you know, blocks shooting or AD, which is the um, first assistant director. And they're the one that was JD that they're the ones that really organize set for the director. And um, if you have a scheduling conflict, you better go talk to that AD. (laughs) They're the first in command. So, so yeah, the AD is usually one of the busiest people on set Oh, absolutely. And, and like, yeah. like you just mentioned, block block shooting is what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were shooting three episodes uh, at once. So if anyone knows that, so for example, we're at the school location, which was at, in the first couple of seasons, it was actually at a school. There was no set um, apart from the locker room. But an so abandoned we, school, wasn't it? An abandoned school, yeah, yes. Yeah. And um, so in block shooting, we would shoot every school scene for those three episodes mm-hmm. day upon day and you girls and little guys would just keep changing costumes and change oh, what's the scene okay oh, what's happened before this <laughs> they're like make sure the actors just can memorize their lines for that many episodes because that as the company moves for that many times is not going to be feasible i know i know <laughs> so this is um on Smartlist, they use Sean Haynes's aunt, and it's someone in Mar- it's like Tracy in Maryland, and so so Posey made up. Well, we're gonna have Kimberly in Michigan. So for Kimberly in Michigan, block shooting and uh, and ading is you know um, just terms that that are very important on the Teen Wolf set at least, um, and ad for every show. But I think again, I'm going to. I just like I said, I watched episode ten the other night. Yeah, first time in like ten years or something, whatever, and um. It's got one of the most charming scenes with you and Crystal, and and I saw it. it Yeah, it just made me smile. Um, Just the way you two perform the scene, the way you're dressed for your little white gloves. It's freezing cold. You see the breath coming out of your mouth, and you're in the skirt, little. (laughs) It's it's so sweet and fabulous, and um, I remember shooting that, and um, you both look gorgeous, and the, the, the. the, the colors around it, it was just a lovely. Yeah, the shoot. light was so lovely. It was I really, loved really, that really scene. light. And just sometimes you shoot these scenes, you go, the magic just happened. You go, oh my god, that's so good. Oh, um, so it's really nice to see that scene with you and Crystal. Yeah, I actually scene. remember when the camera was a single on me, and you were like, right. you know, it, 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 I don't know if it was a push in or you just was push in, push in, yeah, yeah, and, and 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 it was. Ah. You know, it was this little. Yes. Um, I remember making that sound, and you go, oh, "Perfect, perfect, perfect, perfect." You know, it was so cute. It was, it was, it was absolutely perfect. I just, yeah. I loved, I loved yeah. when um, I remember that moment, and I was like, "You think you got it?" You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, and so yeah, it's funny. I remember actually that take and 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 your yeah. reaction. And then, and then I think the next shot was the city cam down the road, and you've got the bloody high heels on. And down that was a rough road, and you're trying to catch up to um, the crystal, and the city oh. camera's moving back quite fast because we're keeping up with her. She's pushing the camera. Right, right. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> as I usually am. As I yeah, usually it am. Was, it was a great, it was a great, great morning. Oh well, one thing I love is that you guys have used the art of the fan so much in episodes. Right. And this episode had a lot of bird's eye views coming down like when the dream you know dreaming with Allison in bed you had Scott also dreaming of of the sort of premon- not premonitions but what had happened to Ian uh, right. to, to, yeah. to Peter Hale yeah so how did how did you guys know that you wanted to use all those fan shots like the one in the locker room was the that was the first one in this this episode well I, I guess you know I mean I, I my roots are basically back in music videos mm-hmm. Um, oh, we're and, gonna get to that, Russell. Right, right, right. But, but I'm just saying that some of the signature sort of styles of me was um, wind and fans and shadows and 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 those sort of um, techniques um, to mm. create sort of uh, visual emotion. So I guess it's in my sort of um, mental toolbox. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, just Jeff's such a textural person to, yeah. you know he he texturized person he, he really likes the visual and so yes. 
Yeah. The music in this scene was so, in this episode was so great. Just you know, it's just it's so fun. It's so creepy and so fun at the same time. Yeah, and the scene the scene in the locker room when the ball comes out and then he finds Derek there and then Peter turns Peter's up. Peter's behind it. Yeah, it's quite. It's a lovely tense scene. Of just three guys in this place with the lighting, the sweat, and all that. It's very tense. Very and when the the one thing Ian always manages to do, and sometimes he'll take it away, which is powerful, but he. Right. 80 90% of the time he's a little funny he's mm. so charming and funny mm. at the same time and so uh, you know I love that he says we're not going to kill everyone we're just going to kill the rodents responsible right. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know he always acts like he's doing you a favor and I thought that was a really nice touch to put no, he, he's, he's so good in that episode when he when he, when he, when he arrives for the date with with, uh, mm. mom. with, with, with Melissa McCall it's, yeah. yeah it's previous yeah. yeah, and, and I, he's, so, I, and he's so delectably creepy. That. Oh, and, and, and in that one, in the car, he gets pretty scary. I oh, agree. Like, oh yeah, yeah, very creepy with the skin. And have you ever seen the movie Little Children? Yes, Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, yes, he yes, reminds yes. me like there's an aspect of that with just like this talking about the skin and yeah, and you can just see him turn. Uh, you can just see him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like mask. that meets like Silence of the Lambs. It's the, those mm-hmm. two villains of just mm-hmm. talking about how that skin is so translucent. So that that was really great. Um, but yeah, so the cold open I have to say was probably one of my favorites of the season. Um, right. With that, and you actually feel quite bad for for Peter Hale in those flashbacks with the shower scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I think that's the first time the audience in the season is really starting to see more of. Peter Hale's backstory. Yeah, um, I remember which, doing all those little flashbacks. Whenever we were on some set and say, let's do a bit of the flashback here. I was going to say, how did you do the flashback sequence? Because there's well, so many I mean, shots. I mean, I, I, I sort of, I, I don't know if I'd storyboarded it. I probably storyboarded it and shot listed it, but we couldn't all shoot it all at once. It wasn't mm-hmm. sort of that, you know, that schedule. So a lot of the times it was like, okay, we're here. If we go into this little room here, we can do two shots for the flashback. Um, okay, and just so, little pieces, like you're saying. Yeah, so over the couple of weeks, we eventually got material. I mean, I remember we were at Derek's house, the exterior, and we were shooting, and it was like 5 a.m. in the morning, just before sunrise, and everyone's tired. And I said, oh, hang on, let's get some people under the house and do the, do the hands coming out of the bars as they're burning to death, and the camera tracks in. And the crew were going, oh, God, can't you just do this on stage? So they Let's go home. <laughs> and we got the shot. It was great. You guys are all kids. It's so funny. Yeah. Everyone on Teen Wolf's a kid, man. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, I love the uh the the open the opening scene after the cold open of the upside down kiss and the Spider-Man moment. And everything was what made you want to do everything shadowed between Scott when Allison was dreaming, and then he comes up the other way, but it was all in shadow, all in silhouette, I should say. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to keep it abstract. Uh, it's, it was a semi-dream, and um, and uh, yeah, I just didn't want to do a normal entrance, you know. Yeah, it was more surprising. It was really beautiful. It was more so, surprising him coming in that way. And so artistic, just just everything silhouetted upside down, and then right. another bird's eye, and then him coming from this angle. And yeah, it's quite beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I liked that. Um, so the next scene that that stuck out to me was the Porsche scene. And oh my god, that, that was my Porsche. I was gonna say, was this this is the infamous, you know, mm. Russell's Porsche. We could afford um the the Hondas and the Hondas and no, but we could not sto- afford the Porsche. There's a story the about the Porsche because Jeff, I had I had I was leasing a Porsche 911 mm-hmm. and Jeff had, had bought a Porsche boxer. His was blue and I remember and, this car. Remember? And yes. it was Toby. It was Toby that was looking around. He wanted to. There was a certain scene in one of his episodes. Uh-huh. And he looked at Jeff's Porsche and he was about to go with it. But then I drove up and he went, Oh, actually, yours angle's better if I could. And I, and I thought it was just going to be for one episode. I, didn't, I was not thinking. And I said, Okay, yeah, you can use my car. Guess what? I had to be. On set every day, if I even if I wasn't directing, with that and, car, and, and usually the Porsche ended up being the last shot. I had no idea that about that. It was, what it was, it was a disaster. I was like, I didn't buy me on set every day, but but 
Wait, when you want you want thirty minutes of sleep because you were always oh, yeah, yeah. And also like Jeff and Joe, everyone gone home before the last shot. Like, and I had to my drive home. How yeah. am I sitting here as the director waiting for my car to be wrapped? So, but the scene you're talking about with the Porsche is when Jackson drives it down and does some wheelies. Yeah, I was like, and that, those I are said, so I fun. Said, yeah, that's cool. We had a stunt guy and. um uh, yeah, come down and do something, make it spectacular, fine. And uh, but we didn't realize there were these sort of like metal spikes sticking out of that concrete, hadn't really been checked. <gasps> so it, it tore the tires, shredded the tires. I just was going to ask you about your tires in general from doing those kind of wheelies, but I had no idea that the concrete yeah, had yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. spikes on it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that proved to be a little expensive. Yeah. Did uh, hopefully hopefully you reimburse for your tires? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my lord! So has your car ever been in a project since or no? <laughs> no, You're no, like, that oh, was the first and last time. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> will say though, it it looks great. For the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it looked amazing though. I think yeah. uh, it just we really hit our our groove. I felt like in Teen Wolf in that again a really good scene between him and Jr. And then, and then as Styles and, and, and Scott style, pull up, boys turn up. It's just yeah. again nice scene. Did you did you study cam that how Argent walks around the car? Because I I love just how you moved with Argent. It was it felt very sort of dominant could, with him. It could have been steady cam or dolly. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was. I it, it was not. Yeah, it is, it is nice movement. Yeah. Yeah. Depending who I'm interviewing for the episode, I'm always sort of cluing in on. Whether it be the acting or the production design or the right. you know the DPing or the the directing, and so that's something that stuck out for me this time watching it back. Um, and for the narrative aspect of the podcast, for those yes. at home, I walk everyone through the episode. Um, so Allison overhears her family in the garage mm-hmm. and slumps down, and then at the very end, Kate realizes, oh, you know. Allison is in the car. We do see her peering out um, over this like cylindrical bullet, special right. sort of spear. The, the flash bulb thing. The flash bulb thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a, a fun scene that Allison's finding more out about her family. Yeah, important scene because I think basically um, mm. uh, Kate is getting her to sort of discover these devices, which she eventually uses in episode 12. Yes. I think so. I think yes. uh, Allison fires the flash bolt mm-hmm. in the house and blinds them for a second. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So yeah, yeah. It was uh, a lot of foreshadowing in this episode coming up, or I, said, right. I should say, gearing up to the pinnacle of the action. Right. Um. Yeah. I think I think two thirds of the way through first season, I've really been in, re- you know enjoying rewatching these episodes, um, because it's the episodes I sometimes forget. Mm. And then I'm like, wait, this is when the action really starts to get going. No, I, I forgotten, I've forgotten episode 10 because I always loved episode 11, the school dance. Mm-hmm. Um, of, it I was a that. very hard decision of do we do we have Russell on for 11 or 10? No, because I, I was, I I it when, you, when you told me, I said, why aren't we doing 11 or 12? I almost asked I, no, you no, no, for 11. No, but then I watched 10 and I went, you know what? This is a really good episode. Okay, fine. It was really good, and I yeah. loved. There was a lot of like special shots that were really beautiful that were a choice by the director. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but I remember eleven with all of these crane shots around the around the dance. But we'll get to that. I uh, yeah. I yeah. know if you if I, I I also was debating um, we have a I can't say it on air, but I'll tell you after who we have for eleven. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Russell will come back for eleven and do a co guest because I. <laughs> Anyhow, I just I, I it was really hard to choose because all of your episodes. Good choice, I mean, good choice. Sorry. We 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 always look forward to them just because they're so action packed and your brain works in such an abstract way. Like it's just it's a puzzle that I will never be able to figure out, and it comes together so beautifully. It's a dance. All of your episodes um, with the amount of action you're able to to fit in, um, and all the different ways you shoot him. But the next scene is when um, so Scott and Styles pull up. I, 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 I just watching it back. Dylan is just so delightful. Oh yeah. Um, the yeah. Which, stop, when he stop wants stop to go. Stop hitting my car. Stop hitting my car. Jeep <laughs> <laughs> guys, Jeep, Jeep. Yeah, and yeah. then you know he, he's he's able to go big at certain points. Yeah. But then some of these deadpan lines, like when he's sitting at the table pouring his dad whiskey, and it, oh. you know Jeff writes that amazing line about something along the lines of like, you know, I'm going to this. 
the circle, what is it? The circle in the lowest circle of hell, you know, right. something like that. You yeah, know, yeah, I will yeah. be at the depths of hell. Yeah. Um, um, just so deadpanned. It was hilarious. Getting yeah. his dad drunk so he can get more information out of him. Um, but yes, then there's the scene that is in the woods that we were talking about earlier right. that right. I, um, I, 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 it's so funny. I remember driving to set and I remember even like where Crystal and I would go get lunch afterwards. If that was our last scene that day. Um, just a lot of fond memories of how cold it was. Yeah. Heels. Um, and just how excited we were to be there. It, it just yeah. felt like a, a suspended reality for us. Of how it just, it was. just worked well. You two girls really, uh, you bounced off each other very well. Oh. You know, you two actresses. It's, it's bizarre watching it back. Just, I just have so many memories and just, um, you know, how much Lydia really had an arc over mm. the course of the show. Um, sure. I'm, sorry, I'm really able to see that at this point. Yeah. Um, watching yeah. it back 10 years later. Yeah. Um, tasing Scott. How did you guys set up that shot? Yeah, that was, um, again, I think we shot it pretty quickly too. I think we were running out of lights and, uh, um, but yeah, it was, um, it was fun. It was, it, it turned out a really nice little scene that. Yeah. Um, the two of them just, the, 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 yeah, it was, uh, Again, you know, I think visually it's nothing special. You know, there's some nice sort of creepy little shots and then the tasing happens. Mm -hmm. But then it really is down to the the two actors. Um, the chemistry was incredible. The chemistry, it, it really comes across, you know, yeah. in its simplicity. Oh, well, and then whose idea was it when Melissa McCall comes in and says, there was a sales rep, a medical sales rep, and I'm going to go on a date with this guy of why she's so dressed up. Was it Jeff's idea or was it someone else in the writer's room? Like, wh how, where did you find out? When did you get wind of like, oh, you know, Peter Hale and, and McCall are going to go on a date? Um, I well, thought that was a really good twist in the story. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it just came up. It, uh, no, I'm not sure when the idea came, um, but it was a damn good idea. I'm yeah. Sure yes. Um, I love watching actors that are not usually in the scene together be in a scene together. Yeah, and, and then and then video. and then we go downstairs, and the interior downstairs is actually the interior of the real house. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yes. so you shot it um, in two different days. Yeah, well, yeah, we shot we we only shot the exterior of the house a few times, uh, like in the pilot, and where it's that blue house we craned up to the window. You see it yeah. a few times in the in season one, the exterior. You do, that, yeah, yeah. But that interior is, is the real house, um, and which is surprising when you see it because then in season two, I think we built a house. And we built because in season one, we only we only had his bedroom. I'm trying to. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. We only had, had Scott's bedroom, bedroom in season two. Season, yeah. season two, we had a kitchen, I think. Yes, mm -hmm. and then and then obviously a when we moved room. to LA, we had we had Big. the living room and the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But and a staircase, but yes, but you know the LA set, the season three set, had nothing to do with the interior set that of season, season one, one, which is right, the real right, house, right. which Movie is very magic. Sort of, it's very it's very old school gothicy. No, it's you know saying it's, right, totally. And I remember, I do remember when we got to God, we got to LA and we're like, uh, Melissa McCall's doing good at the hospital. She had to redecorate. Yeah, had she, redecorate that's right. Things. We're all joking. So she had this, yeah. this huge living room and this huge kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that specifically. Melissa's yeah. like, well, things are going well at the hospital for, for Melissa. Um, I do remember that. So, uh, the fender bender. <laughs> all oh, the yes. coincidences of Beacon Hills. Yeah. Um, but which we filmed just, through the, which we filmed through the rain. And if you watch closely, you'll see Melissa's mm -hmm. hair is getting wetter and wetter in various shots. I didn't even notice that. How oh, funny. Yeah. But they, everyone, everyone, we had to shoot it. The sun was coming up. And it was just by the bullet. And here we go. And and everyone just, yeah, it was, it was, it was sort of raining, yes. Well, and I <laughs> love I love that um you had to work with the Jeep a lot in this in this episode. And it's, oh, we love I, the Jeep. We love you the love the Jeep. Jeep. There's a lot of mixed feelings on the Jeep. How often did the Jeep actually work when it was supposed? It's worse than an animal or a baby. It, oh, it no, never would, worked would, when it was would, supposed would. to. I oh, no, 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 no. The, the Jeep was a Jeep was a beautiful girl. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> she, she was great. She, um, I, I, I'd never say anything bad about the Jeep. Oh, you would? Okay, okay. No. I, other people had said <laughs> a lot of bad things. I do remember it being twice. You know, you know, um, Dylan owns it. 
I know. I, I heard. I heard a couple years later and he, that and he led, and he led to, to it for the film. Yeah. Oh, that's great! I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's great. Um, oh, that that's that's lovely. I think the fans would love to hear that. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> he still had it, and that's how that happened. Was Dylan did give the the jeep to the film? Yeah, yeah. It's like and he was there in spirit. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't make it, but here's the jeep. <laughs> yeah, that's it, really it, cool. It, it, I'm here in spirit, right? Yeah, I like that. I think people would be happy to know that. Um, so the next scene is back at Derek's house, and. I love when, you know, like you said, it was when Jackson and Derek have that face off, and and I do love that. Um, Derek's always lurking in the, you know, in the shadows, obviously oh, yeah. through a season one. He's, he's falling like, back. Yeah, and I love that he just schools Jackson on saying, you know, no one cares about all of these superficial and, things. And you know what? I can't believe because I watched it, and I can't believe the pacing there is really lovely and quite slow, mm. and there's great pauses in between. Because I tell you, as you know, these shows have to be 40, maximum 42 minutes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the commercials. So a lot of times we would maybe have to say, can we just talk a little faster? <laughs> because or whatever. That was definitely me. I talk fast, yeah. but I would take long no, pauses. No, because uh, we, we, we didn't want to cut things out. But I'm, mm-hmm. so I was surprised when I saw that scene. In that there's quite good pauses before people would answer back because it's quite moody. And normally in the show, it's very hard to get those sort of quiet moments. Um, these days, with, on, on streaming, when there's no commercials, you can have like, good, time. You know, 30 seconds or 20 seconds of silence and just, you know. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's it nice to. These shows these days are are, are truly mini movies with how much money they're able yes, to spend. Yes, and you can you can yeah you, your pacing is not controlled by time factor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were one of the last uh, on the last frontier of of shows that were were like that that had that time right. constraint of of, of uh, commercials. Right. So many of the teenage shows these days are are on streamers. So yeah. Right. Now when Scott it's is at the top of the stairs and does that big jump. I would love to get Spider, our stunt double, got oh. stunt double, yeah, back on the show because he was incredible. Well, he's the um, guy that leaps out out of the window in the pilot, and he hit the puddle. Take yep. one, one take. Yep. Um, he was the one running through the forest on the wires. I mean, he Spider, and then yeah, and he blew up. He was he was I think just had gotten here from Brazil, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Now, he's, now he's doing like Spider Man and all these Spider-Man big and, yeah, movies. And, yeah, mm-hmm. all those wonderful movies. Yeah, and so lovely we, man. We knew that he was special. We all knew he was special, but you and Spider had a great relationship. Yeah, and I'll never forget him sticking that first from the second story. No wire. I don't remember. There's no, there was not no, wires. No, no right? wires. No, yeah. no wires. And he sticks, like you said, in that puddle. It splashed up, and then he looks up yeah. perfectly. And yeah. I rem- I was there for that shot, even though I wasn't in the scene. I remember your reaction uh, to that beautiful it shot. It was great celebration and joy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just – well, and it was funny. He walked up to me on his phone. He's incredible. Um, and so um, was that him jumping from the from the Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And we and, and and again, he was on season two, and we developed a lot of stunts and things around, around what he do. Yeah, and that would be that would be sort of really written into the story. Oh yeah, Spider Spider doesn't get enough shout out credit because he's he's yeah, such I a totally, lo- absolutely agree. Totally agree. Lovely, lovely man. Um, I had a lot of fun. He also just cracked me up for as talented as he was. Um, yes, he was so devoted to to jumping around. So the bullets, when you guys do, just for uh, people at home, when they're not the front door one, but before we get to the front door, you just see like sparks flying across. And that's how you guys chose to to shoot that. Yeah. What were you guys using? Was that was that special effects or was that something practical across the screen? Um, I think probably, in, again, with time, I think they were yeah. shooting, um, they were actually shooting those pellets. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think I was ever, at least not in season one. I wasn't part of that those scenes with with the with the like. How did you guys do the pellets across screen? Would like there not be an actor in there, or was there an actor on the other side, or how did how did you guys do? Right, how you guys? I'm not sure about the ones across screen. That that could have been an effect. Um, okay, 
And but then the ones in the front door they, 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 either, they either do electronic um, spark things or whatever, you know. Um, mm. yeah, it, was, it was very old school. There was no CG or anything. Yeah. I do remember there was uh, looking back at some of the C- some of the practicals were incredible, and then some of the CGI, like when um, Fulton would have there was like a blood thing that almost looked like it was on top of the screen, and I was like, wow, effects have come so far in oh, fifteen yeah. years. That's incredible. Yeah. You forget, yeah. but the wolf's the wolf's bane shot when he last episode when he had taken it out of his neck. Um, I agree. There was. Yeah, yes. so, so some of those practicals just literally made my skin and crawl still to the, to the, to this day. Um, special effects are definitely somebody we're we're gonna have hopefully have on at some point. Um, so the next scene is Allison waiting in the room, waiting for Scott to come back. Right. She gets, uh, she gets the text that you know from Kate. This is we need to talk, and uh, cuts back to the woods and then the house. You know, Scott gets shot. Derek says run. And he passes out to Allison, you know, saying Allison. And that's when we come in with Seth Gilliam uh, playing. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was a great, a great entrance, wasn't it? Because you see, you see Scott being carried by someone in the forest. And you assume it's either Derek or Peter or someone. Yeah. But, and then you cut to the out of focus of Seth, who um, who says, uh, most I work on cats and dogs and uh, 90% 90% of the Mostly. time. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. It was such a fun, a f- such a fun entrance. And so. Uh, that was his first entrance, wasn't it? That was. That was. Uh, well, uh, yes. Mm. Was it? I'm sure. No, I think he's no, no, had, no, We had to be in the vet with him. He, he's had a, he's had a couple other scenes. In the, in the But this was the first time we're seeing him come into the supernatural world of Beacon right, Hills. right. And um, I love The Wire. The Wire is one of my favorite shows. And Seth was in The Wire. So um, right a, a, yeah. fun, a fun guy to have him come in. I was very starstruck. I, was, I, was, I think everyone, I mean, I, I, know, I know personally I was, I was just blessed with such a great cast. It may, it may, no, seriously, it may, it may come into work just you know, a happy event. No matter how hard the day was going to be, it was just mm. like, I really enjoy working with these people. Let's go have some fun, you know. I tried to make it as least painful you guys for you guys. Oh, it was so much fun. And I love you, how you put up a little bit of shit, you know, it's tough. <laughs> well, you you were such a technical director and really saw how the camera was gonna move and the shots and the lenses and it, it was just fun watching you. I learned so much from you in storytelling of your place as an actor and when you watch it back how much of the narrator is all the director and we are you know the meat puppets as you as, as some people meat say puppets. have you heard about this the actors no, I have meat. not yeah there was a, a USC film uh, professor that would call the actors meat puppets to the camera department <laughs> you know people studying to be dps oh and God. so <laughs> yeah yeah and they're like so what you're going to do is take your meat puppets and you move them over here <laughs> and so <laughs> That's and sorry. so, but it's true. I mean, there was a, you know, there was a lot of shots that were just, it's, it's just interesting to be a, a piece of the puzzle. And then you and you get to step back when you, when I watched it back and, and, and see it, what, you know, you guys were really creating. Um, it was really cool. You were the first one to really teach me that. And I got to see it day in and day out for months right, on end. Right, right. It was the best film school I could go to. Um, right. Now we end the episode underground. Yes. This was such a fun way to end the episode. That beautiful, like it almost looks like water on Crystal's face that as she's walking. Light, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, what made y'all want to use that light? It was such a beautiful shot, just such a moment of the show walking up to see the you know another werewolf for the first time. Um, it was, it was, a, I love that, I love that technique of um, broken mirrors in the glass. It's such an easy technique, and the effect is just quite wonderful. We were subterranean, and I sort of went back, I just remembered this. This video I did with um, Spider Ballet True. Ah. And we did the same effect, and it was just so good. Um, and so it's just a broken mirror, and you is, put a light smash, into it? You smash a mirror and put it in a tray of water, and you just keep moving the, the tray, just move the water. Wow. Your, it's very simple. And the camera can just pick up the movement of that light in, in oh, yeah, the water it'll, it'll, glass. Go anywhere you want, just move the light around and make it more intense or less intense, different color, whatever. A smashed just, mirror in water. Broken mirror, yeah. Broken mirror and water. Wow, you, know, you, I don't know. you can't you can't have any sort of like concerns about breaking a mirror. 
Oh, I get. He just asked someone else to do it. <laughs> did you did you break the mirror, Russell? I think I broke. Yeah. <laughs> it worked out well for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, and then and then of course to end it on the <clears throat> and Kate. Kate was oh, Jill Wagner, such a brilliant, fun person to play. Kate Argent saying isn't yeah, he? Uh, Jerry's makeup actually started to look good then. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, a couple of shots beforehand it was different. Uh, I think we changed it because we shot it and was like, oh. Um, but I think his makeup was starting to. It took a while to get that makeup really mm-hmm. good, you know. Well, I remember there was um, a lot of makeup tests for for Scott, for for uh, Tyler, for both Tylers, in that what looked cheesy, what looked scary, what looked sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We always wanted him to be scary and sexy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not cheesy. And, and yeah, that's so a really hard line. It was. And, um, I, yeah, I remember there were early, some of the early episodes, the first couple of episodes. Um, he come out and the ears be too big, and Jeff would run up with a pair of scissors and cut the ears down. Like, oh, of course, Jeff would. And then clip them back a bit. So it was, <clears throat> yeah. We didn't well, have, like, uh, the, yeah, we just didn't have the the uh, the time to do all the, the internal research to like. Right. Get, so it was it was learn as we go and develop as we go. So you'll notice as the series went on, mm. um, the makeup. The vibes and gets really, you know, mm-hmm. really good. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel, and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Now, when did you hear that there was going to be a movie? How did that come about for you? When did I hear about the movie? Did I hear about the movie in around the pandemic time? So that early? Like like so 20? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, could be late 20, not 20, 20. And I found out, I think October. That was a possibility of, of it. 
Was it 21 you heard? I heard October 21. And then we started shooting, what was it, February, March 22? 22. Yeah, no, I heard it before then. Um, but then there was all the, the politics because we actually started writing a whole, a whole different script. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. There was another yeah. team script. Yeah, I mean, Allison was always going to come back. That was a that was always mm. one of the things. But um, yeah, obviously, Sales was in it. Oh, right, right, right. It's hard to write a script before you know what actors are going to be in your movie. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and so, when it's a reunion it's, movie. <laughs> so then, Sales couldn't. only couldn't do it. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so then you had to re- make so, changes. Yeah, but, and then and then other actors would say, "Oh, you know, I really want to be in it." <laughs> so. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a moving, um, yeah, jigsaw puzzle for quite a while as the story was being put together. Yeah, it was tough. It's tough when you're you're moving studios and then having to work out deals because there's obviously, yeah, you know, for the fans at home, there's a there's a whole business for for Kimberly in Michigan. There's the business of of, oh, yeah. of Teen Wolf and yeah. not just the storytelling creative aspects. So yeah, it's hard to write a script when you don't know what deals are closed or who can do it or who's available. Correct. So it's it um yeah so a lot, a lot of things were going to be written you going well, I hope they do it like, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was a lot of script changes through the beginning of shooting right um and that was really stressful I know for everybody and and so right. obviously the director it's 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 yes. it's and it's a hard task to take on and a very stressful for Jeff as well so absolutely um so that's you know that's the behind the scenes that makes it hard but I know that everyone was really 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 grateful and happy to be there and I I hope you felt that. Yeah, no, I did. Um, yeah, and it was, so uh, it, was it was, it was a lot of fun. Now, you and I have a a, a fellow in common named Thomas oh. Cockerell. Oh. <laughs> you shot in, um, in like Flynn, about in, Errol in, Flynn in, in Australia before. about Errol Flynn. Yes, yes. Um, before he became a famous Tom, actor in Thomas Australia. Thomas is quite lovely, wonderful actor. He spoke very highly of you. He's like, I know Russell, and and uh, yeah, because you were born in Melbourne, Australia, right? And, and what, how, what were you doing music videos back in Australia? Oh, I did ACDC, and then, but then I shipped off. Someone sent me off to England in '79 oh. to do some punk band. How was how was the the how was Britain in the '80s? Probably so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, it was um, such a time. I was, only meant, I was only meant to be there for two weeks, and uh, so I went off to do this punk band in Birmingham, a punk band called wow. Gar- the title was like Garbo and the Death Cheaters. Wait, Garbo and the what? Death Cheaters. Death Cheaters. Yeah, and so there I am in England. Never been. I've never left. Never been out of Australia. So I'm there, and and I took my mate with me, the caraman. And we do this video, and then he had to go back. But they asked me to stay um, for a while and, and maybe do another video. And I went, and I just left my flat in Sydney and I left, left the milk in the fridge. I was going to be gone for two weeks. Anyway, it ended up I was away for two years. And that milk just turned to butter. Well, no, eventually got the place closed out. But. <laughs> But yeah, I I I say it, and all of a sudden I was in LA doing videos in New York, da, 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 and it just goes on from there. Did it just feel like the craziest summer camp of all time, going back and forth like that? Crazy summer camp, and uh, yes, and the the bud, yeah, everything just got bigger, you know, because then I was starting to, do, you know, I did the first video on MTV, video killed the radio star, and then just, and you won the Vanguard Award, the Michael Jackson Vanguard, Vanguard Award. Award. How was yes. that? It's tarnished. No, it is a polish. No, that was fun. That was fun. It was the same year that David Byrne won. Like he's such a epic. The night I won, the night I won, I think it was was a Tina Turner one with me. Um, Wow! And but it was a Radio City musical, which was spectacular. Mm. And so there I am. Duran come on, introduce me, blah blah blah. I go up. I had this bloody stupid English designer suit on, and as I climb, says my open. Wait, it's what? The As you're getting the pants, the on stage, the pants rip open. Yeah, and no. so I quickly turn, and I have very quick speech, and get off stage. No, because um, you were worried about your pants. Yeah. Meanwhile, backstage, they had one statue or two statues, and um, they keep and then hand it off, and then they'll shoot And they take statue. it away. That's what I hear. Yeah. But she's backstage. She's going, "It's mine." Mine. And then it's big. <laughs> so Tina Turner didn't want to give it up. Yeah. 
She, uh, it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> that is oh, you gotta hilarious. Love it. I love backstage. Oh, backstage at a music show is a whole other ball game than backstage at a at a at an acting show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's quite fun. I mean, I got to be a fly on the wall of obviously the Vidi Mu- Music Awards that MTV would host every year, and I wouldn't have been there otherwise as an right. actor if right. I hadn't been acting on MTV. So I'll never forget standing next to Lady Gaga on the red carpet, which. I don't think will ever happen again. And she was wearing her meat dress that year. And I remember just oh. looking at it being like, is it meat? And and uh, and then, you know, the next day you hear all the hoopla about it. Um, but she was so lovely. And I oh, remember yeah. I almost stepped on her meat dress. And Ouch. and yeah, and 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 she turned around at the same time. I was like, oh, I'm and she was so lovely. She's like, it's okay, it's okay. And um, but anyway, yeah, it was it was a funny, a funny night. But what was your like when you think about think back to your your music video days as well as your Team Wolf days, what are the first things that come to mind for you? I mean, going back to all the videos, I mean, it's like where I, I did a video called um, um, with Duran, "Hungry Like a Wolf," uh huh, and we shot that in Sri Lanka, and oh, wow. I came back and we um, and I got a phone call from this producer in Australia saying, "Oh, I just saw the video. Do you want to come to Australia and do a movie?" And I was like, what? And that's how the crossover happened. Yeah, and I, and I said, yes, yes, of course. Uh, uh, what's it all about? He said, oh, it's about a giant killer pig. And I went, great. So off I went and did my first movie. Um, so I, it, it's wow. funny how the crossover happened. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, this may be at that point in time where not a lot of, because, you know, McGee and other music video directors went on to, to do huge features at that yeah. point in time. Was that a new concept? Like, were you one of the first big music video directors I, to cross I, over? I could have been, because, I mean, the next one I did the video of the Wild Boys, again with Duran Duran, mm. and I was offered Highlander. Um, yeah. And so I went up and did Highlander. Um, so and around so many time, people have a crush on you for Highlander. It's It's such a moment. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. What I get starstruck about is uh, Freddie Mercury. And I know you guys were close. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was such a talented guy. I know it must have been interesting you know, as your, his friend yeah. and then and seeing him as an artist as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very much not a diva. He was a, just a generally mm-hmm. talented, nice man. Um just great to be around and uh, very generous and uh, a lot of fun, great sense of humor. Yeah. Well, I could, I could see like, you're such a lovable bear always. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I, I just, it would have not been the same without you. My God, I it would, I don't think it would have existed. I think, you know, Tim said he was such a big fan and it was one of the biggest reasons he came on the show was obviously. Uh, he he's, a, he's, a t- he's a talented man. A lovely, lovely man. I loved him. I know, and, and, you know. I mean, I think all credit has to go to Jeff Davis. Um, yeah. He he's he's the godfather of the. He of the is, but I'm telling you guys, you're a tight knit group, as you know. Oh no, and, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I, I so many people look up to you, and I know I Tim just was so he's like I couldn't believe I had studied everything Russell did, and I was so nervous, and I thought, okay, this is my moment. I'm gonna really just watch how he does everything, and I was like. Well, Tim, you crushed it too. I saw your episodes. He did. Yeah, um, he did crush it. But it was really cool to see just so many different perspectives. But to see Tim's about you was was also pretty neat. Oh, that's um, that's we all just love you. We love you, Russell. And we thank you so much for the time. Love you too, darling. Oh, do you have any lasting impressions of Teen Wolf? I've always loved I always loved Teen Wolf, you know. I mean, um uh it's yeah, it holds a very special place in my heart. Um and then, and and the good thing is I'm still friends with you guys, you know. Oh yeah. You, especially you, and then Tyler and then Ian. It's it's just wonderful to to keep that friendship. Yeah. And it means a lot because um, yeah, we spend a lot of time together. We did, and you and Ian are neighbors. I love that you guys. Well, and, yeah, I'm friends with Ian. Yes. He doesn't live in his house anymore, but but he used to. He still owns it, and and yeah. and I love that you guys are right across the street. He's, he's off doing that bloody western, yeah. Oh yeah, he can, <laughs> you can't tear him out of Montana. Yeah. Yellowstone been, something. I don't know. Maybe someone's heard of there. it. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're chaps and ride horses. And hey, mm-hmm. I took my van up there for two months and, and lived outside of Glacier, Montana. Now, you're not living in the van anymore, are you? No, no. I was in it for 13 months. I know you were attacked by coyotes. I was. 6 a.m. The sun was not up yet. We were in Topanga Canyon and um, was I was scary. waiting for the Uber and the Ubers don't go up there often or at least not on time. Yeah. And yeah, three coyotes with about six in the background approached us. That's a pack. That's a pack. You know, they were divided (laughs) into two. But the three were sort of like inquiring with the six probably 20 feet behind them. And the luggage, I'll never forget, Fightful starting to kind of growl. And then she very quickly realizes that doesn't necessarily smell like a dog and started to crawl up my leg. And I'm holding her like all 36 long inches of her. And I'm trying to put the big suitcase between myself and Fifel and then the coyotes. And she's whimpering. And I'm like, get it. Got it. And you're trying to make myself big and stomp. And um, and I'm thinking like it, nine of these can take Fifel and I down. And right at that moment, as the six were starting to come closer and the three were right at that luggage, the the Uber came. It was it was like a Team Wolf scene, actually. Yeah, it was yeah. Lydia. With, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear the Prada. music. I can hear the music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we come to commercial break. Yes. <laughs> well, know. hopefully I'll have a game night soon and I'd love for you to come. I'm, I'm finally back in my house and right. uh, getting settled in. And Yeah. Well, let us know. Love, I will. Love, I will. Love I would love, love to have you all game night. That'd be great. Okay. All right. All right. I, I, love, I, love I love you, darling. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. It would not be the same without you. <laughs> so great to see you. All right. All right. Much love. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening, y'all. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast, and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. We'll see you next time. Hello, Clay. 
am comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.